0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Real Window rewatching random movies from our childhood. I am Pauline, and I'm Lisa, and we are rewatching a movie this week called Sneakers, starring the ever lovely Robert Redford, uh, Sydney Poitier, Dan Aykroyd. Such a fantastic uh, cast cast. list of people. Incredible cast. For anyone who hasn't listened to our podcast yet, um, one of us picks a movie for that we watched when we were younger and then we rewatch it and discuss all of the things we didn't understand (laughs) and why it's different watching it as an adult and if it holds up and if you know if you should watch it or check it out or if you did check it out and you've got opinions about it we'd love to hear about those um let's start with a basic synopsis uh (laughs) which has now been defaulted to lisa's territory because she just does a better job of it um (laughs) However, uh, I'll just leave it as a a good luck, Lisa. Go (laughs) ahead and and synopsize this movie, Sneakers.
1: I'm going to do my best, guys. So Sneakers is uh, a film that's kind of a a weird take on a heist film. And it stars uh, Robert Redford as Martin Bryce, a young, uh, a man who, when he was young, uh, ended up pulling a prank that hacked into very official government sites and basically a federal crime. Federal crime. A crime prank, shall a prank we say. that is a federal, uh, federal crime. crime. That basically rearranged money that shouldn't have been rearranged with his good buddy Cosmo. Cosmo got caught. He did not. Years later, he now runs a team of very odd characters who are all very good at their jobs. And whether it's hacking or whether it's former CIA, and their goal is to basically, on behalf of companies, break into their own company. And then they tell them whether it's secure or not and what they need to fix. However, his past comes back to haunt him when men who claim to be from the NSA tell him that if he doesn't steal a black box from an astrophysicist cryptologist, um, he's going to be sent back to prison. So he and his buddies perform the greatest sneak to steal this black box. But once they do, they realize they've kind of gone in over their head. There is many twists, many turns to this. Who can they trust? Who can they not trust? And how do they get out of this without ending up in prison? Uh, And this one has complication after complication, but great charismatic uh, actors and a lot of humor for uh, such an action sort of comedy. And it's a very, it kind of covers a lot of genres, guys. And if it sounds like I'm not giving as in-depth a scenario as normal, it's because... You're right. You're absolutely right. If I did, though, I would be spoiling so much more. And we are going to get into it, I'm sure, as we go. But with all the twists and the turns, this synopsis would end up being like 15 minutes long. Yeah, there's no brief (laughs) summary
0: that you can give for this movie. Yeah. Because we were just even saying before we started recording how it's like, do I understand how to... provide a synopsis? That's a good question. That's an excellent question. Yes.
1: And what I will say is, so the team that uh, Robert Redford has with them, Pauline mentioned, Sidney Potier, he's an ex-CIA m- member. You have Dan Aykroyd, he's a conspiracy theorist who's very good at sort of the tech side and breaking in and knowing the wires and everything and hooking those up. He's kind of like
0: a hacker, I would say. Kind say. of like a hacker, but like one, of a the, hacker.
1: one of the better hackers is actually David Strathairn, and David Strathairn plays a blind hacker. Riverfield Phoenix plays an up and coming hacker who's also very good at sort of uh, breaking into and breaking into computers and that sort of thing. And so this is their team. And as I said, they're all oddballs. they are kind of guys who have pasts and they all work together in this very odd job, but they end up getting caught up in more than they bargained for. Kind of Robert Redford gets them all caught up in more than they bargained for and they have to find a way out. Um, and Ben Kingsley is in this as well. He plays uh, the antagonist of the film and of course he's as brilliant as ever. And James Earl Jones also makes an appearance at the very end of the film as an NSA officer. All right. There you go. There all we right. go, guys. That's as That's good it. as I'm going to be able to give you if this If you time. want more details <laughs>
0: before we spoil it, Go check out the movie yeah, now. Go otherwise... watch the movie because
1: otherwise we're gonna be talking about all the twists. Because yeah, there's no be way there's no there's, way we it... can do this without talking about all the twists. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All right. So Pauline, you were the one who picked this movie. We both I did. love it as yes. kids. I really wanna know what was your takeaway as a oh, kid and was it remotely accurate to this film?
0: Well, like, if we're talking remotely accurate about, like, who's a good guy, who's a bad guy, uh, (laughs) who you like, who you don't like, I think it's accurate. Uh, When you get into the deeper uh, layers, uh, it's definitely inaccurate. There's a lot that I did not get, which, uh, to be honest, I think the reason we watched this movie, one, Mm. it's a great cast of actors who all act very well. And so... Mm -hmm. It's a good, well-rounded movie, and it's an adult movie rated PG. So mm-hmm. immediately, I think, in our household, it's like, well, we should watch this because, Clearly everyone because can. this is age appropriate. <laughs> and in a way, they're not wrong, but in a way, True. they are. Because yep. the, the idea and the concept, like, one, what the heck is the NSA to a five-year-old kid totally like we, like
1: you kind of know police and you do end up knowing fbi i will say that as a kid and, you see those even, enough to be honest even cia yeah like, even cia but, but NSA, NSA, you're nsa you're like national even that? when they explain it when they're like yeah, it's the national like, security agency you're like that means nothing to me <laughs>
0: totally those are big words and then you're like and you know you're like okay fbi you think to yourself like Internal CIA, you think like spies and totally external. spies. So they're then you're the like, traveling. What does the
1: NSA do? And even as an adult, I'm like, I don't really know, but I understand well, that they just. We can use the excuse that we're Canadian and be like, we're not yeah. supposed to know what the NSA is. Sure, let's talk about the RCMP. <laughs> yeah,
0: guys. Anyway, um I once heard the RCMP described as like the Canada's FBI, and I'm like, is it? I don't think that's what it is. I I think you're, you're wrong. Like, I think anyway, you're wrong, but we're if that, not getting it. That's what you're
1: happy about. Sure. I'm like, <laughs> we
0: don't have that. But anyway, um,
1: okay. Okay. So for the so movie, like, yeah. Right
0: off the bat, I don't know what the NSA is as a kid. So mm. like that, that's gone. I understand that Martin Bishop slash Martin Bryce is the same person played by Robert Redford. He didn't get arrested at a younger age. He now has an alias, and now he's being essentially blackmailed with this information mm-hmm. to work for the NSA. So that I feel generally I, I understood yeah. um, like I didn't. Okay. Let me start here. <laughs> Cause there's a lot I didn't understand. I won't yeah. go into all of it, um, but basically who works for the bad guy. I'm not really sure. There's a guy who gets shot in a limo. He's a Russian. And I'm like, is he bad? I don't know. But to be honest, <laughs> even in the movie the characters don't know like they don't know who to trust mm-hmm. they're not they don't know sure. who's good yeah they are like even there's a line in the movie um, that david Strathern sa- says that i think is so good and he's like uh sydney potty is like how could you be so stupid two guys come in saying that they're government and you just buy it and uh david Strathern is like uh they probably were government just not ours mm-hmm. and in my head i was like whoa <laughs> who are they then and then there's a russian and then he's shot and then there's more things happening. and i'm like i don't know yeah. so i feel like kid pauline got like the skeleton of this movie ish totally. yeah um definitely the nuances were lost on me mm. um so like you know it's funny uh dan Aykroyd, uh his character's name is mother he is a conspiracy theorist as lisa mentioned yes. and he doesn't believe like he doesn't believe that we put men on the moon. He he believes that there are cattle mutilations and there's <laughs> alien situations and that the, the CIA uh, shot Kennedy, but he didn't kill him and he's still alive. And, and you're just like, what? And it's interesting. Living in the day and age we live in currently, uh, mm. for those who don't know, there's a pandemic going on. <laughs> um, and there's Correct. this. Correct. Yep group of people who don't believe it's real. And we yes. call them conspiracy theorists. And I didn't realize how annoying conspiracy theorists are. <laughs> uh there's a there's definitely um you know he's Dan Aykroyd. You love him. He's a great guy. But even as the movie's going on and he's talking, I turned to Cam at one point and I was like, oh I would I'd be like Sidney Poitier's character and get really annoyed with him really quickly because because <laughs> now I'm interacting with actual conspiracy theorists and they're not funny and they're not charming and they're actually just annoying. So I definitely, as a kid, didn't understand um, that element. I feel like the world this year has really helped me appreciate those of us who aren't conspiracy theorists, which I feel like is a necessary thing to point out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't even, as a kid, obviously understand any of his conspiracy theories. Like I didn't get them. What does it mean that cattle mutilations are up?
1: I really totally.
0: don't understand. I didn't Maybe understand I, what
1: that entails. No, no,
0: no. And even yeah. like, he's kind of even got throw-a- throwaway lines, right? Like he's not even, they're not like major parts of dialogue. They're just like, when him and Sidney Potier are just sitting in their little, like, think tank, talking, he just is constantly just
1: regurgitating well, them. And when, like, he hands, like the ins- like, they have to figure oh out how gosh. to get past yes. to the electronic door. And he's like, hang on, I think I might have something. This is something a buddy sent to me from Desert Storm. Of course, he was on the other side. And that's all he says. Yeah. And... And Sidney Poitier just takes like, the thing look, and like, looks his at eyes, yeah, like, gives like, him a look. Oh my God. And as a kid, I'm like, I didn't know what Desert Storm was. I no. didn't know what's, you know, I, I didn't know if there was other sides. Absolutely. <laughs> when he was tossing around. Even um, when he says yeah, like. Yeah, it's like that little bit. Yeah. They use this thing to transmit a
0: signal around the world to uh, when they fake the Apollo moon landing. So it should give <laughs> us no trouble. And it's a really funny line. But obviously, as a kid, I was like. What does he mean? And uh, I can't yeah. even imagine what watching this movie was like for our parents with us. In like, I well, they must as have usual, it you probably were idea.
1: asking. You were probably asking more questions, and I was just doing my usual thing of sitting quietly and being like, Pauline's right. got this. Pauline will, ask, Pauline will ask on behalf of us. I'm like, wait, I'm confused. Wait, I'm confused. So basically, Whereas if you weren't there, I would just be like, just watch it. Accept it. If you don't understand it, eventually you'll figure it out. When, when they too. laugh, you laugh. That's how it goes in this house. Just don't let them know that you don't understand. Just, just play it
0: cool. Whereas I was like, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. Guys, I don't get you it. Were, you were more honest yeah oh, um, okay so what I so like at the beginning of the movie they're breaking mm. into the bank and yes as per usual with Pauline when whenever in a movie they're es- it's like in Raiders of the Last Ark they're establishing the characters and oh, yes. and so like I always thought uh, for those who didn't listen to our episode on Raiders of the Lost Ark that the idol at the beginning like was going to come back again, mm. and then it doesn't. And so, like, you're, you're in this scene, and you're invested in this scene, and you think that this is going to matter, and then, like, <laughs> it doesn't. And you're like, whoa, whoa, what happened to the idol? So to me, as a kid, in this bank scene at the beginning, they're breaking into a bank, and you don't know that they've been hired by the bank. You think they're going mm. in to rob it. They're going to move some funds around. That's kind of the whole point, because they're establishing character Mm and they're (laughs) establishing backstory and depth. That nuance was definitely lost on me as a child. So as a kid, I was very confused about the breaking into the bank and that it's relevant in that you now know as an audience member what you're watching them do. Totally. But as a kid, I was like, wait, wait, they're not, they're not doing, why is he, (laughs) who's now at this table? And then that, so that... Like, they're not breaking into this space. They're not. It's like, well, but this they seems did. like... But they did. Well, but they don't have the money. <laughs> this is confusing. Why? Why don't they have the money now? And then, like... So, like, all of that mm. was very much, like, Pauline lost on Lost yeah, on no, Pauline. Yep, first 20 there. minutes of this movie were kind of a write-off. <laughs> and even, like, at the beginning... They're establishing Cosmo and Martin Bryce as like two guys, like, you know, hacking in Republic party is about to donate to the black Panthers. And it's like, which is a
1: great move. <sighs> and yes, obviously I love like, that like,
0: who are the black Panthers? Pauline doesn't know. <laughs> well, so, who is the Republican party? <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah, Richard Nixon's just making a really generous contribution. And I'm like, who's that? So <laughs> there's a lot of dialogue that definitely went over my head, which totally. <laughs> as you can imagine, any six year old nowadays is not going to get any of this anyway. Um, But yeah, no, that, um, that, that totally was not there. Yeah. Didn't land. Um, even, even when, what I thought was, what I think is a brilliant piece of writing in it, it was after they've broken into the bank for the bank to let them know what isn't good at the Mm. bank, um, martin is picking up his check from this woman who's typing and she's like so businesses hire you to break into their businesses so that other people don't break into their businesses and he's like it's a living and she looks at the check she hands it to him and she's like not a very good one and i
1: didn't (laughs) get that line obviously i wrote that one down i did not get that line as a kid at all but as an adult is brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant
0: because a man like I guess it isn't a very good living. That is kind of a weird living, but it's like that's not what she meant.
1: <laughs> she meant
0: <laughs> you're she, not
1: getting paid. She's meant he's not getting very paid little money for what you're actually doing. Considering he could take whatever he wanted,
0: and, and he probably.
1: Doesn't could do a good and probably still could but probably still yes. skim some and get paid Yeah, very honest you got to give them props for being honest that's true it's a very noble career you yeah. you can break into banks and not
0: take the goods like that's mm-hmm. no one does that yeah so yeah i didn't get that line um and it's a very funny line um and then okay so as the story kind of progresses, and as Martin gets hired by the two uh, supposed NSA agents spoiler, they're not NSA agents. They're not NSA.: we, we don't kept know that
1: supposed, but we're going to
0: just say outright. they're not. They're not, but we don't know that when we're watching it, and he doesn't mm-hmm. know it. They're suspicious enough, but you don't know who they're working for, but um, there's, they divulge to him that he needs to get this black box. And uh, he's getting it from this guy named Janik, And Janik is a mathematician, as Lisa mentioned, and he uh, d- deals yes, with... Yes, but I
1: will want to point out that I meant to say cryptography, and instead I said cryptology, and we're just going <laughs> to pretend I didn't. And guys, I meant cryptography, I meant unbreakable codes. <laughs> let's, just, let's just say Lisa said it. Is, it's is cryptology <laughs> like the study of old crypts? Is that... <laughs> sure. That's like a graveyards? graveyards. <laughs> it's, it's not quite like archaeology. It's very yeah. specific. More specific than that. I go,
0: Lisa just goes to graveyards.
1: I just chill. This is I a guy who goes to graveyards tombs. and hangs yeah. out. Anyway, yeah, just hangs so out. Okay.
0: cryptography. Thank you, Lisa, for You're clarifying welcome. that. So <laughs> none of us are talking about that ever again, but cryptography moving forward. Um, and unbreakable codes. And obviously this whole concept didn't, oh, yeah. I, how who, None of us adults can understand cr- cryptography. And, like, the idea of having, like, numbers so big that all the computers in the world can't break them down. Like, that's big, I think, for any adult brain mm. to try to wrap their head around in theory. So, as a kid, I definitely was like, wow, this is above my scope. Like, it was this definitely. This uh, uh,
1: what's happening? What's going on? Math. Yeah, I understand so that, was, that math exists. Yes. Yeah, so, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why are there letters involved with math? I, now I'm confused. <laughs> I thought math was numbers. So um, so there's lots of things moving from, like, that point onward that I didn't get. But, like, even... Um, uh C Tech astronomy. They talk about how Janik is working and he's like C Tech astronomy. They don't know if it means anything, da 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 da. And so Yeah, that... it's basically
1: an unknown corporation or company or something that he's working and for. And... That he's working for. And the NSA are the the NSA agents, the false NSA agents, the ones that give that information to Martin, of course. And they say they claim that they don't know what C Tech astronomy means and Martin just kind of accepts it at face value at first, but it starts right. to niggle at the back of their brains as they continue on their heist yeah
0: Yeah. and so there's a scene where um afterwards after they've collected the black box there's kind of a celebratory party there's a group of people playing scrabble and there's another group kind of like playing around with this box now martin has this realization that like c-tech astronomy doesn't stand for anything and that it's actually like um uh what's that called a rearrangement of the letters anagram anagram yeah an anagram Yes. That's what it's called. So yeah. anyway, he figures out that it's like an anagram, and even as an adult. But as a kid, I was like, "How does he know that it's an anagram?" <laughs> like, in as an adult, I was like, "How does he know that?" But he does, and you just kind of accept it. Um, but it, there's so like that was that whole realizing what the black box was how it's not just a code breaker it's like the code breaker like
1: yeah, you show they show the American scene websites yeah they
0: show the scene about like uh breaking into like the federal reserve or uh crashing an airplane on air traffic flight, control and, yeah and you're just like as a kid it's like wait what like there's a Like there's so much about that that's just incomprehensible, and maybe it'd be different for kids nowadays because technology is just so like ingrained in their hands, right? But this is like
1: early age of computers, guys, and so this concept that encrypted websites could be broken open by this code breaker and what an encrypted website was, what like what a Federal Reserve was, like you just as a kid, you're like
0: sure. 1992 it's not like websites were a thing for like google didn't exist like we're talking mm-hmm. 1992 like this is before most places had computers in their homes oh, so exactly. it's this it's this very it was very foreign the idea of computer hacking i think at the mm-hmm. at the tender age of what was i in 1992 six <laughs> it's like what
1: we what would have been seven and eight mean? probably when we watched
0: it. Uh, I'll just move along with other things that were confusing. But one of them was <laughs> a specific scene where, um, so they have the box. It's after this party. They're going to go give it to the NSA guys at this cafe. And it's Sidney Pottier and Robert Redford's characters. And oh, yeah. Robert Redford goes to give them the box. And uh, Sidney Pottier waits in the car and looks at the newspaper and realizes in the middle of this exchange that Martin is having that they've killed Janik. They've killed the mathematician. The mathematician has now been found dead. Arson is suspected. Like, he's like, oh, shit. We are in trouble. Mm-hmm. And he picks up the car phone because no one has cell phones. It's a car. that's a phone attached to the car. <laughs> and he, he starts shouting at Robert Redford's character. And he's like, telephone. And he's like, just a minute. Like, he's kind of like listen he's like weirdos. i, I want to still
1: get my money yeah like, we have but he's also yet.
0: like i don't know why you're being weird you know what we're doing yeah and then sydney potty is like it's your mother and then there's a pause and robert redford's like okay uh she's uh she's old and then like goes to the car and then they drive off because he's like Janik's dead da, da, da. get in and they run And I never understood that communication and how Robert (laughs) Redford knew. And there is this, even when Cindy Paget is like, it's your mother. I have a very distinct moment of asking someone in the room, (laughs) is his mother on the phone? And someone's like, no, Pauline, no one's on the phone. And I'm like, okay. And then I remember sitting and being like, okay, but wait. So then, so when he said like, it's your mother, did he know because he thought of like Dan Aykroyd's character is like named mother. Like, so he's like, Oh, that's the code. and Everyone's like, no Pauline, Like, it's just, he said it was his mother. And then that there, that made it clear to Robert Redford to come to the phone. And I was like, I'm confused. This doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And so as a kid, I remember very distinctly being like, I don't understand. They needed to have established these codes prior to this exchange so that I could understand why we all know. Why, why it seems everyone else in the room is aware of this. In the exactly. room. I'm like, wait a minute. And then I was like, I didn't miss it. I just, I'm like, wait, so is it because Dan Aykroyd's character is named Mother? And everyone's like, Pauline, why would that matter? I'm like, I don't know, but I don't know why anything matters right now. The world is so
1: confusing to me. I was a small
0: child. Totally. And I remember being so confused, and no one could really give me an answer as to how Robert Redford knew. And I was like, Mm. okay, so we're all just accepting this then. Okay, got it. Okay, well, that's the code now. If you want out of a conversation, it's your mother.
1: Exactly. From now on, we can say that and it'll be perfect. Everyone will know what it means. Totally. Amazing, Um, amazing. I didn't
0: understand why they killed the Russian ambassador. I still don't really, like, who's the guy? Like, because at the time, like, I Hmm. do, but at the time when he's killed, you think he's an FBI agent? And then-
1: and he kills him. And the, then you're The like, guy who kills the Russian agent. So yes. let us just back up one okay. second. Because again, Sorry, yes. this, is, this is a film that has it's a lot of twists and turns. So Pauline is tossing out a lot of really quick plot moments. And I have a feeling for anyone who hasn't listened to this movie, this is now sounding like and a by jigsaw puzzle to the, watch movie. the movie. But um, thanks, Pauline. You're That's right. what matters most right now. Um, <laughs> this is basically a jigsaw puzzle that she hasn't put together yet. So when she's referring to the Russian, so. Another character we have, two characters we haven't talked about yet. One is Liz, who is a former Flame, on again, off again, with uh, Martin, Robert Redford's character. Very sophisticated and clearly they have a past, but they don't go into a ton of detail. A lot of it is implied and it's quite nuanced with their conversations. You just get a lot from how the actors connect with each other and the occasional little lines they toss out. There's also a friend of the two of them who know this guy and he is a Russian uh, sort of consulate ambassador. ambassador. Uh, he's now what is he? He has given a new title and everything. Consulate actually, general, something, something, yeah, attaché. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah, that's the fancy word on his card. And but it's implied that that's not exactly what he is. He's someone who is actually in the know of all of the Russian sort of C, like KGB, KGB and and sort of what their equivalent of a secret service would be. And Robert Redford knows this about him. So when he realizes that, A, the NSA agents aren't NSA agents and tried and like they've killed Yannick, the mathematician, but also probably would have killed Robert Redford if Sidney Potier hadn't interrupted their conversation, the deal that was about to go down, he of course doesn't know who to trust, but he thinks it could be the Russians because, as David Strathern says earlier, it probably was government, just not ours, and Russia would be the obvious choice in 1992. So he then goes to where this friend for this friend of his is sort of untrustworthy friend. So he's aware yeah, that he's like not he's... someone that he would, you know, divulge secrets to, but he's someone. <laughs> he knows well and, and they do a good to keep job of yeah.
0: establishing it even because they've encountered him earlier in the movie when liz mm-hmm. and martin have gone to see janik's mathematician presentation essentially about unbreakable codes mm-hmm. and she kind of you like her you like her right off the bat she's very mm-hmm. likable very, very strong very intelligent yeah yes she's very sassy everything about her is uh quite enjoyable and so you connect with her and she doesn't trust him and, she and doesn't trust Greg it, the Russian. You know it. And so there's something about him that is kind of off-putting. And you can't really put your finger on it because he doesn't really do anything. But she's not a fan. And so... Well,
1: and it, it's implied that it's because even though the Cold War is over, there's still... There was a lot of fear with Americans that could you actually trust the russians or not and that is what is shown yes. with liz and as was shown with this character and so robert redford then because he has no one else to talk to about this and thinks that it could be the russians interrogates greg and like you know with a gun in his hand uh and basically greg the russian then takes him into his car to sort of try and figure out who these nsa agents actually are and is showing him old um books that have uh American agents who the Russians tried to turn at some point before they ran out of money to do so. And that's how he's able to identify one of the NSA agents. And then they get pulled over by some other gentleman who claims he's from the FBI. And this is where, again, as children, you're like, okay, now we've got the FBI, but he's not actually a member of the FBI. He just says he is, pulls Robert Redford out of the car and then uses Robert Redford's own gun to kill Greg. And as a kid, you're like, Whoa. What
0: just happened?
1: I need you to back the truck up, because in the last 30 seconds, a lot has happened, and I have questions. Because you're like, the FBI is supposed to be the good guys, but he's now killed Greg. Greg wasn't necessarily a good guy, but he also wasn't a bad guy and seemed to be helping Martin. So why would the FBI agent kill him? Is it actually an FBI agent? If he's not an FBI agent, who is he? Who is he? just like this. And then that and... see that the, one of the NSA agents, um, Wallace... Yeah, Wallace. Yeah, basically comes up, and you're like, "Oh, okay, they know each other." This not real FBI agent is friends with the not real NSA agent. But even then, as a kid, you're still like, "What is?" Yeah, I, st- <laughs> I, like,
0: as a kid, I definitely, I like, I knew he must have been bad, obviously. But then, like, because then you see the bad NSA agent coming up, you're like, oh, "Okay, they're in cahoots." But there's definitely this element of like, so wait. Who is an FBI agent? Is anyone an FBI agent? Well, and And it doesn't help that that that
1: particular FBI agent is never seen again. He just has that one bit and then you never see him again. It's just implied that he works for the same guy as Wallace and the other NSA agent, Dick. Um, Then, and you just don't, you're like, okay, I guess eventually we're going to figure out who hired them. And you do, but it's a lot of plot to follow for an adult let alone totally for seven and eight-year-old. So Pauline and I very really much the. Uh, At least we still know who the good guys are. We know totally. who the team is, and we like the team. And spoiler alert: <laughs>
0: none of the team betrays anybody. Exactly. That, they're all so good people. Every you one of them trust is good. Them. You trust them explicitly. You so trust them, and definitely... you trust Liz,
1: and they're the good guys.
0: Yes. <laughs> Definitely that. You just assume everyone else is a bad guy. And in a way, you're just you're right. You're in a way, wrong. you're often right. <laughs> so it def- so there's just a lot. It's very complicated, it's, it's very complicated. But yeah. it's
1: really well written. It's really like good like yeah, really it's, it's complex, good. but it's not like it's badly done. It just means you have to pay attention to the movie. And, and when you do pay kids, attention to the movie, you'll understand it. But as kids it was very much like, I'm trying to pay attention. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like you do, like,
0: because then you you understand, yeah. like, you may not understand the why, per se. Like, you may not, you, you, because at that point, so the point that I'm talking about, right after this has happened, Robert Redford gets knocked out by Wallace and then thrown in the trunk of a car and then taken somewhere and we don't know where, and there's a big reveal about the antagonist. And and anyway, and and, and it's after that, that then the team gets together to try to figure out because now the black box has been is now taken by those two fake NSI NSA agents.
1: And the guy they work for. And the guy they been work given for. Given to the guy they work for, Ben Kingsley.
0: They now are like, okay, we need to figure out where they took Martin and put him in the trunk and and figure out where he went so we can get it back so we can make a deal with the NSA. Because right now we are not only accomplices to sealing this box and essentially giving it to bad guys, but they now think we killed not only Janik because they've there's now been this anonymous tip, so they they're now imp- implying that now they will be charged for the murder of Greg, the Russian ambassador who just got shot because the fake FBI agent has Use used Robert the, Redford's Robert Redford's gun, gun with <laughs> his fingerprints on it, which obviously as a kid that
1: didn't land. And um, what's great is that they actually have to make a deal with the real NSA. So as a kid, you're like, so these are the actual so these are N- NSA. So wait a minute here. (laughs) Who are
0: they calling?
1: And so there's very much that. So in order to make the deal... We make it sound way more confusing than it is, guys. But it's because again, this is from kids' do.
0: perspectives. <laughs> it is this complicated, though. It, it really is complicated, is. but it's, if you watch it, they do a, a much figure out better job. You'll understand
1: what's actually happening.
0: Yeah, they make it flow much better than we are. But <laughs> so again, like that idea of like making the deal—I didn't know what that meant. Like I didn't. I remember Dan Aykroyd's line when. Uh, Sydney Pottier is telling them all he's like we should just turn ourselves in now and Dan Aykroyd's character is like right but we don't have anything we've got bupkis we don't have the box all, we can't offer them anything we don't know where it is we don't know who has it we're gonna all get we, 20 years in the electric, in the electric chair. chair and that's what he says <laughs> we do it, make a deal now we get 20 years in the electric chair and so it's like you understand, the as a kid, that line to me. I was like, okay, I understand the
1: gravity of their situation. I don't know why. And I know they need the box, and they need to figure and out how to, to get the box. Totally. Got it. And,
0: the, <laughs> yeah, and it's how they figure it out is brilliant, and I love that part of the movie. I would say, as a kid, that was my
1: favorite part. It was part. one of the most fascinating things ever. It was totally. so cool how they figured it out, because their cast member that we like my personal favorite as a kid yes. aside from Sydney Poitier because I always love Sydney Poitier who doesn't um right. was actually David Strathairn who's the blind hacker and he the tech he uses because he's blind is so cool as a kid you're like whoa like he yeah has a very special keypad that basically when he's reading a screen on a computer screen the bumps for braille are popping up throughout this like strip and so he just holds his fingers over top and feels them until he's properly read them as they shift and change underneath his fingers like you're just like okay so what he does is he because he's blind he tells robert redford to tell him what the being in the trunk sounded like and so then he goes to this box he has that has all sorts of sounds and he narrows down the sound of the road And when they go over a bridge, the seams in the concrete, the bumps, like how consistent they are. And so Robert Redford's like, okay, the tone was lower. Okay. And the bumps were further apart. Okay. So they figure out the bridge because they're in San Francisco. There's a bunch of bridges. They're able to narrow that down. They can match the sound. And then as he's going, he's describing more things. So rough bumps. Okay. Those will be railroad tracks. And so they do manage to find their way through. And as a kid, you're like, you can do that. Even as oh an I'm a like, thing? you can do that in my head. As like, a child, my takeaway was okay, if I ever get kidnapped, oh my god, listen really carefully. Yes. <laughs> Accurate takeaway
0: of this movie as a kid. If you're in the trunk of a car, listen very carefully to what because the road sounds you'll like. Be able to tell experts and they'll be able to recreate. Yes. It. Which is a hundred percent true. Um, totally that's always what the police do definitely so. plus we all know kidnapped children give uh perfect very
1: reliable, reliable
0: information <laughs> they definitely have a, a full understanding of what roads sound like exactly um, oh, but man. it's it's one of the it's best so
1: brilliant
0: it's so it's good so and it's fascinating. exciting and it's interesting and, and then they have mm-hmm. to break into this building that That, again, is you think it's a toy company or, like, it says it's a toy company. And Robert Redford's character is like, toy company, my ass. That's, like, high-wired fence on that uh, going around the perimeter. Everything about this building seems go go away. away. There's no way this is a toy company. You're like, oh, brilliant.
1: Robert Redford, you're so smart. So, in a way, it's interesting because it's almost like heist after heist. So, you see them do a bank heist at the start. And then you see them have to do the heist to figure out how to get Janik's black box. And then they have to figure out, oh, no they lose the box now they have to get it again how do we break into the toy company and like that and each heist is more complex Yeah, each heist has higher stakes and you see how competent they are as a team and you want them to like it's very clever how they break into the toy company and as a kid you're just like oh and i i will say this that building is freaking weird the toy company building is where even as a child i'm like this is not what a toy company should look like. No. This is a very intense, weird building. But um, there but are toys so
0: present in <laughs> a way, which One is toy. On, right? Cause then you're like, wait, but it's not a toy company. I think we all know that. And there's very high security, but then like, it's the, so interesting. So there's a character in this movie as well. His name is Werner Brandes and he works next door to the office that they're trying to break into. So he's in the building he works at Playtronics. He's developed a microchip uh, that, and for a toy, where you can make commands to this toy dog and say like "play dead" and it plays dead. And it's a toy and and it's a robot and and so there is there is toy yeah. work being done, but it's like the question becomes like, does Werner understand like that he's not working for a toy company? That or... basically
1: he's working for the mob,
0: right? It's a very it brings, and it's like, why would oh, there be man. so much security in this building if it was a toy company? Who's stealing yeah, all these toys? Yeah, he should toys?
1: be questioning everything about his A work? little <laughs>
0: bit, definitely. Like, the fact that actually a toy is, and I didn't actually clock that until adulthood, re-watching it. I was like, wait, there is a toy. Does he know who he works for? <laughs> and it's I'm going to. Very... Does everyone in
1: that building know who he work, they work for? Right. I'm going to say it's no limited one, knowledge. Does <laughs> no one question the high security of this building? I guess the microchips would be of high value. <laughs> yes. So that's definitely an interesting plot point. But it's really good. And honestly, mm. as a
0: kid, it's it's when they're breaking into the office to get the black box it is a nail biter like Mm -hmm. everything about it you're you're cheering for them the whole way it's so well done Mm -hmm. like even um so for anyone who didn't watch it and again spoilers but um there's like all these high-tech things one of the things that i did question as an adult so they've got like okay there are these sensors that mm. determine uh, as soon as the, roo- the room is raised even 0. 0.1 of a degree, the sensors go off because it means right. that someone's Someone the room. has entered the room. Uh, yeah. they, then obviously it's like they need to figure out how to beat this motion sensor. That also is a heat sensor situation. Mm. It's like, why don't they have security cameras like, in the
1: room? Totally. They have a heat sensor. Have they have that. a motion sensor. But they don't have, have security too, cameras right how do that as well but it's like there're security cameras all over the building and then just not in this room i guess they really trust that those sensors are going to do their job right and that no <laughs> one
0: could get past all the other things no which, one can
1: get past all the things which, which isn't necessarily wrong it's right. just funny that such a paranoid company wouldn't also add in security cameras yes, in that room and there's and, a few things and the only reason I can think of why they wouldn't is because it has that's where all the shady dealings are done in the so company want... so they don't want a record of it so that was what that's I always assumed true. was the reason oh see and there that's you go. why they go by the, as an adult assumed that there you go okay so that was where that. my logic yeah. was because yeah anyway yeah.
0: okay so it's safe to say I didn't understand a lot of this movie as a kid <laughs> uh Lisa what did you <laughs> take away from this movie as a kid
1: i'm gonna try and not go into as much because i'd say a lot of the similar things i didn't fully get um i actually really liked greg for all that was untrustworthy. i remember as a kid i really liked him i thought okay you may not trust him but he's not a bad person He just works for a different government. Like, I I sort of got that aspect as a kid. And I thought he was very friendly to Martin. And he was helping Martin. So I was actually really upset when when he he got got killed. killed. Like, that actually really upset me as a kid. Because I thought he was being... Like, I was like, no, He's he's, he's very nice. And it's even worse when you understand that his death was... Like as a kid, you're just like, but his death didn't really matter. They didn't have to kill him, right? Totally. Like there was no reason to. So it was, that was very upsetting. I really loved Liz as a kid. I thought she oh was so gosh. elegant and so sophisticated. And I loved how she talked to Robert Redford and didn't take any crap from him. And she was just amazing. Um, David Strathorn, as, totally. as I said, totally. David Strathorn, as I said, was my favorite as a kid. I loved him. I loved all his tech. I loved seeing how he worked through everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I did love i actually as a kid had a lot of empathy for and i'm gonna spoil a big part here guys so if at this point we've spoiled a lot but i'm gonna do the last big spoiler ben kingsley is revealed to be cosmo the friend of robert redford who at the very very start of the movie because they're young college guys and they're both doing the same crime and cosmo's the more reluctant one robert redford's character is kind of this
0: cocky, uh, cocky.
1: i'm doing it just for kicks Cosmo actually, Ben Kingsley actually believed legitimately what they were doing a was, cause. was a cause, was like a good thing to be doing. And he's the one who gets arrested. And what's told halfway through the movie, because um, Robert Redford's team didn't know this about him, they find out because he has to tell them, I'm now being blackmailed by the NSA, you guys help me out kind of thing. And they're debating whether they want to help him. And later, one of them asks, like, you know, asking for more details about why Ben Kingsley's character Cosmo got caught and he didn't. And he explains and they're like, well, did he ever forgive you? And he says, I hope so. He died in prison. And as a kid, I was like, what? I was really upset because even though Cosmo is really briefly in, he seems like a nice guy and that's a bad totally. way for him to end. And then when you find out that, no, he didn't actually die. Instead, he's held, like he ended up being, a, you know, a, taken out of prison by the mob because he was so useful with how he could hack with everything. And they basically faked his death. Um, and he's alive. I actually, as a kid, had a lot of empathy for him. Totally. I thought that Robert Redford, like when he was upset with Robert Redford, when he was mad at him, when he was still seemed kind of friendly with him, I really was upset with how his fate turned out like that i i was upset that he was antagonistic but i understood why he was antagonistic I, yeah it was i liked it was his, unfair it was very it was, unfair it's very unfair and he gets the short end of the stick at the end of the movie because of course the black box not that i think he should have it because he basically wants to use the ultimate code breaker to basically completely tear down every system of government and banking and everything and start from the ground up and that would you know cause a lot of problems um And he goes to an extreme as a kid, though. I still was like, but he, but he's not a bad person. And he had the worst fate. Like, it really upset me. Like, he as a Mm. character was such a complicated one. I had a lot of complicated emotions over Cosmo. Yeah, And I I was very much like, I don't know how to feel about Cosmo. And I'm glad they get the black box. And I'm glad none of them go to prison or go to the electric chair. Like, total win. I like this team. But I kind of wish Cosmo had a better fate. (laughs) And he... Not that he's a good person. He hires some very mean guys and, you know, they clearly will kill people at the drop of a hat. But it just it was a very complicated idea for me as a kid, and it was very interesting with how that played out.
0: You know, that's a really good point too because he's a he's the antagonist who like and arguably he's not a good guy. He's no. he is a bad guy. He does bad things, but you're not wrong, you're very right. He he's a likeable character. Like he his character and Robert Redford's character are friends in the movie and presumably had he not gotten arrested they would have still been friends so they would have
1: stayed friends yeah and
0: and so there's there is this element of um he did get the short end of the stick and, kind and of you kind understand yeah. his animosity there's a there's a moment where he's given the opportunity to kind of give Martin a taste of his own medicine because he was reluctant to participate. Martin went out and got pizza. He gets arrested, goes to prison and Martin gets off scot-free. And so he's just kind of like, here, Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to change this for you. Jokes on you. Now they know your alias. I've just used the black box to let the government know where you are essentially.
1: Mm -hmm. And you don't, you are not necessarily like, like you, you do yeah, like you, that he did it but, but you also totally get why he did it and i and as, if i was in his position i might do the same thing yeah i'm not gonna lie if i had to i might be rather antagonistic to him too if i met him afterwards and was yeah, probably want to put him I in was... prison and be like
0: yeah. to have a turn
1: have a turn and see how fun it actually is and like 12 years in prison that's a long time in prison man yeah, like, it's not, it's, like just, long... it's not like he just it's not like probation. he was well it's not like he was in there for a year and the mob went you're useful we're gonna get you out it's no no it took 12 years yeah <laughs> before they're like you're useful we're gonna get you out yeah and even it... then that means working for the mob. the mob i don't imagine that was a good easy transition for someone who is an idealist so just knowing that that's how that went so like that was interesting as a kid um there are just little things I didn't get. When you first meet Whistler, who's David Strathairn, the, the blind character, who's in the truck. And Sidney Potier is like, well, where's Whistler? And Sidney is like, oh, Whistler, he's reading. And he's using Braille, and it's a Playboy. I didn't get that as a kid, obviously. No, of course not. I didn't recognize the Playboy bunny symbol. As an adult, when you're watching, you're like, oh... <laughs> yeah okay that part so it's little things like that I didn't get I thought it was I, a phone book as a kid I thought it was a phone book too as a kid Cause cause it was so thick and it's big yellow and thick and yellow and so and, it, and like the bunny symbol kind of the way that it's black and it's the only thing on the front kind of looks like the yellow pages symbol yeah totally as a kid I was like is he looking at a He's phone book just reading He's a looking phone up book." Someone that's what Vizler likes doing in his spare time is just <laughs> reading a phone book that's his thing um and so like I would say otherwise I'm the same with you. I got certain points of it. I didn't get others. I thought the NSA agents were actual NSA agents until they revealed they weren't. Like, I just, it was very interesting to have all these like reveals, reveals, reveals. And so then as a kid, you're also like, well, I don't know anymore. Totally. I don't know anything anymore. But at the same time, I still enjoyed it because the characters were so funny. They were so good together. River Phoenix was very entertaining. He's the most childish member, obviously, because he's like the youngest one. He's the hotshot kid. And so there's just like funny moments throughout it, right, with all the characters. And so I liked how they played off of each other and made mm-hmm. fun of each other. Yep. And as a kid, even if I didn't fully grasp all the nuances, because I got the basics of it and because I liked the characters and because it got tense and exciting at times when they were doing the heists, and I understood that the the basics of the heists I could get very wrapped up in it and so that I would say was why I, I kind of kept watching it and why we totally. kept watching it and still despite the fact that we got confused we kept watching it anyways and I mean obviously we figured it out with each watch as we got older and have grown to love the movie even more but that's basically it I would yeah. say I'm in agreement yeah, with you.
0: That's a solid synopsis
1: yeah for both so, of us I think. So then Pauline is there anything offensive in this movie? When we were rewatching it, what stood out for you, if anything?
0: Um, I... There wasn't actually anything, to me, other than um. there's a scene where there's a security guard uh, at the Playtronics place who referred to Sidney Poitier's character as Midnight. midnight. And... Yeah. But it's very... Like, it's... It's not... I, it's not the wrong word. Yeah, because... Yeah.
1: Sydney Poitier is immediately pissed off and you know oh, and what he said. He oh. gives him, you're like, Sydney Poitier is about to kick this guy's like, ass and it's going like, to be, be great. It's going to be great when he kicks totally. his ass. Like, and he does like, and yes, it's amazing. Totally. And yet, no, so it's, it's not offensive because it's done with the intention of this is a racist asshole and totally. Sidney Pottier is going to take him down and does. And it's very gratifying. <laughs> it's very
0: satisfying when it's, it happens. It's
1: a very wonderful scene. It's one of my favorite bits of Sidney Pottier. As a kid, uh, though, I didn't get it. As a kid, I, I
0: remember not understanding why he called him midnight. And I, I genuinely think it comes back to Pauline watching Silverado. For any of us who didn't see that, <laughs> who didn't listen to that one, Silverado, Danny Glover's in it and is refused service in a bar and I remember as a kid I was like I don't understand why they're not serving him and it was it's the same thing I remember as a kid being like why is he midnight that doesn't make sense and I remember
1: being like well it's really dark outside is that why he's calling him that he's calling it midnight because that's the time yeah (laughs) it's midnight is it midnight and that way to be a sweet little innocent police way to be such a sweet little innocent genuinely confused and then i was like i think you actually had to tell me yeah I, I i got it i don't know why i got the nuance and i'm kind of worried about that but as a kid i was very much like that was not a nice thing to say yeah you i remember being like
0: why did you do that and then and you because I didn't get why Sydney Body like then looks at him meanly. Yeah, it's ready to. And I film. feel like yeah. I turned to you and I was like, I don't understand why he just called him midnight. And then you had to tell me, and I was like, Oh, because oh, people are racist. Got it? Because okay. people are
1: racist. And he said it was it's referring to his skin tone so the skull, and color an of his he's, skin, Polly. And he's a very bad man for doing. it. <laughs>
0: is he in a tan hat as well is this, is this, is this a
1: thing hat. oh god
0: the uh, uh, the only
1: other thing i would have clocked it again it I, again i think offensive is the wrong word i think more going into this movie just being aware there's a scene where when they're first surveilling yes uh yannick that you already know what i'm saying oh, yeah. yannick the mathematician they're they sort of have cameras leveled at his office and sound and stuff and all the stuff so that they can sort of figure out where the black box is and so robert redford is looking through this big lens camera from like their little spot and yannick is sort of like going around his office and he's like ready to log on his computer and then Elena rishkov this uh other professor who's traveling with the mathematician comes in and it turns out that they are clearly um, more to each other than just colleagues. And they mm-hmm. proceed to start making out and more. And Robert Redford, at first, everyone just hears it because they're too busy talking. No one's looking in the camera, but they suddenly hear uh, the kissing and the moaning. And he like whips his head around to watch. And then River Phoenix wants a turn to look. And then Sidney yeah. Pate tells him to grow up, but that he wants a turn to look. And it's meant to be funny but what it is is these guys are being, you know, beeping toms. Beeping toms on this. Like it's one thing because they're surveilling for the mission. And it's another when immediately two members are like, uh, let me see. Yeah. Let me have a, a turn at the camera. Clearly it is no longer professional and it is now turned into something else. And so that that is in this movie. It's done as a joke, but it is still there. Um
0: It's there and it's it is short like it's short-lived. Very the scene short-lived. doesn't last yeah. long, but it is it's a it's a joke that isn't is it funny now I would debate it but there's Mm -hmm. an element like we were watching it I watched it with Cam and Cam was Cam laughed and he's like that's so stupid but like (laughs) but like it 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 got a laugh and then and then it was like okay and then it was critiqued and like and so that was the same thing too like even I I laughed because there's a line that Robert like, let's do what we did in Mexico City. And Robert Redford's like, didn't know you could do that in Mexico City. And, like, I laughed at that line. Like, so it's
1: funny, but it's wildly inappropriate. It's also questionable behavior. But again know that going in know that little scene blips up and again we as kids watched it and we're just like this is weird um <laughs> yeah very much so i was like why <laughs> would you want to watch that <laughs> what is even happening um and it, it, again it's so brief you don't actually see much it's more hearing than anything else and uh, so as kids i mean just be aware that if you're watching this with kids, you
0: see her bra and you're like wow, you do her see her bra, bra.
1: her shirt remember unbuttoned. her bra being like whoa it's very sexy black <laughs> very, I remember very being sexy. like whoa She's. Got, gonna, I remember uh, being like, she has very nice boobs. I remember thinking her boobs were very big. I remember being like, she's got big
0: boobs, and I remember thinking this is hilarious. I was like, why would she wear a black bra with white blouse? She would not. I remember thinking like well that doesn't blend like i that's amazing not the word blouse obviously that didn't come out in my six-year-old dialogue but it definitely
1: brain was not thinking yeah but it definitely
0: was like well that is an obvious color contrast that's not a good pick um nope anyway but yes that was the other thing i was going to mention other than that yeah nothing those
1: those would be the two yeah the the two else there uh, yeah yeah but pauline does this movie pass the Bechdel test and would you like to remind everyone who may or may not know what is the Bechdel test
0: I would love to tell everyone about the Bechdel test Lisa thank you for asking yeah Um, so the Bechdel test for those who don't know is uh it's just a test to see the caliber of uh female characters in a movie uh that is rarely passed in most films and this movie does not pass it uh but it's uh you have to have two named female characters this film does correct who talk to each other nope about something other than a man or men and yeah. this movie has two named female characters who I actually would say both are quite uh a strong presence in
1: the movie mm. and but they, they both leave impressions but they yeah do. they never talk to each other they never they talk they to never each other share
0: they never have anything to do with each other so that's uh yeah. all right away so it only passes
1: one of the three qualifications it's true such sadness all right, Pauline, does this movie hold up, and would you recommend it?
0: Um, I would say so. I would say that the movie And like out of a
1: ten, right? What would you give
0: it? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it like eight
1: point five. I
0: <laughs> I really like this movie. Ooh, we're
1: entering the point five. Yes, system. I didn't know we were allowed to do that. Okay. You could
0: you could do like point nine if you wanted. I mean, <laughs> uh, there's no rules here, Lisa. Lisa, we make the rules for ourselves. <laughs> This is for our enjoyment. Ah, uh, true. Okay, um, well,
1: proceed, Pauline. Explain yeah,
0: why you're giving it's it an eight. More point. Than an eight. <laughs> like, really it's more than 8. Rating. Like, it, this, this movie is very well done. I feel like it's well acted. It's a clever script. It's well written. The music is great. We didn't even talk about that. Mm, but The music is fabulous. It's just all around a good film. There's just a few things about it, about the writing, these little tiny nitpicky things that, more so kind of to me fall apart at the end um for example yeah. give an example so the ending what i have to say about this movie that i find very pleasant um is that uh even with all the tech it doesn't really feel really dated because no. because the tech isn't it's this movie doesn't rely on fancy tech to make it seem cool it relies on the writing of the movie and mm-hmm. they use tech to get through, but the but again,
1: they use it sparingly. They use it yeah. correctly. They yeah. keep it simple. It's they don't like... try and make it like futuristic in yes, any way. They exactly. keep it very grounded. And yeah. and
0: I feel like movies nowadays use like almost overuse tech, and and there's a very much this element of the more you use the the more dated the movie is in five mm-hmm. years because the technology just evolves so so fast in a way that's almost unpredictable
1: well and i would say like in the 90s if you had a hacker film which is this one is a hacker film in its own way they usually are very dated very quickly because they try to make the hacker tech seem new and cool and use tech to do so and then it dates the film like the movie hackers for example is extraordinarily dated yeah of course (laughs) whereas sneakers is not in the same way because it
0: doesn't yeah because the storyline doesn't depend on hacking per se Mm -hmm. and the concept of you know the person who holds the most power is the person who controls all the data that was something
1: i meant to mention that blew my mind as a kid oh the concept that power had shifted So that's something that ben kingsley says he explains that It's like the world is now dependent on little ones and zeros. It's no longer about. who controls the information. information, And that's who has the power. And as a kid, I was like, whoa. And that is
0: very relevant today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, coming back to conspiracy theorists and coming back to the world in which we live. There is this element of who controls the data is the person who's in power and mm. you real it's terrifyingly accurate and more so in ways that I didn't expect oh, and did and not expect it all to come to pass no no so it's Ooh. the movie itself is very relevant in actually a lot of ways mm. and it's you know the downfall of governments and using this information uh for for that kind of um yeah means anarchist means if you will and yeah nefarious so, purposes yes yeah. mm-hmm. so that's very so if anything i actually think this movie holds up really well because of that
1: mm.
0: where well, it what's I, a
1: nitpicky thing so
0: yeah. I, and I don't want to nitpick a ton but like so for example and again we're gonna spoil But the ending is, the whole movie is very PG. And the ending is, like, pleasantly PG. There's no big shootout in that, Mm -hmm. like, they're shooting as they run down the stairs and they kick the ass of numerous security guards who don't mean anything. And none of that happens. Mm -hmm. But, for example, there's little flaws. Like, they've broken into the office, they've collected the black box, but now they've been captured. So, Ben, ben Kingsley and his two NSA, like, faux NSA agents have now taken hold and have captured uh, Robert Redford, uh, Liz's character, who's played by Mary McDonnell, and uh, River Phoenix's character. So they're kind of trapped and stuck in the building. And Cosmo, played by Ben Kingsley, is like, had made Martin a promise that he couldn't kill him. He wouldn't kill his he friend. He wouldn't kill yeah. his friend. He couldn't kill his friend. And then turns to one of his, you know, art men and it says, kill my friend. And then proceeds
1: to leave the room. Ah, uh, like any good villain does. I don't need to watch you die. I, I'm just going to assume it happens. And I won't take the box with me. Yeah, that actually I, is very interesting. I'm
0: just going to leave and trust that
1: nothing about this circumstance it would be too is going to gonna fall apart. Happen. I couldn't kill him. It's very upsetting to me. So I'm yes. just going to leave. You kill him and then hand me the box later. And then oh, totally. And I will take yeah. the box. And so it's like that It's moment, a bit flawed. It's a bit flawed. Yes. It's like, even
0: if he can't kill him, you at least take the fucking box. Like you're not, <laughs> you're not just letting him hold on to that thing and trust that your two NSA agents aren't going to. So there's that so that for example and even Mm -hmm. like they're leaving the building they're exiting so now they've escaped they've got the box they leave uh ben kingsley's holding a gun to robert redford uh was they stand on the roof Robert Redford's just about to leave he hands the box to ben kingsley ben kingsley lets him go only after letting him go does ben kingsley open the box to reveal that the box is a fake it's it's not the actual box and it's like
1: you'd think he would have checked that prior well Clearly he's proven he doesn't check things as closely as he He really should. doesn't. And
0: for a guy who works for the mob about, you know, laundering money and, and uh, creating faux accounts and, and, you know, being very diligent computer wise, you'd think he'd double check he got the entity that caused mm. the problem. Mm. So it's like, I appreciated that the movie doesn't rely on like hijinks and uh, ass kickings to exit their way out of the ending but the movie relies so heavily on how well written it is that there Mm. are just these very flawed moments of writing that it's like you did so good guys yeah Yeah. Yeah. like everything held up until these little moments where you just let your guard down yeah so that's honestly why it doesn't get a higher rating from me in my opinion Mm -hmm. it's like it's really good and i don't i don't want to share these nitpicky things as a way to like detract from how actually good it is you guys still
1: watch it it's
0: still very worth watching it holds up i recommend it i would recommend it to anybody like maybe Mm -hmm. not a five seven year old but but an adult watching this now, it's it's enjoyable. It's well written. It's good character. It's very mm. interesting story. It's even to this day quite unique. Like it's very different than than anything that I think has come out. Um, there's just there's just little flaws in the writing at the end and I'm like, come on guys, you were so close. What happened? <laughs>
1: uh, but what you?
0: What are you? What about you, Lise?
1: Uh, I I absolutely love this movie. I wholeheartedly recommend it. Again, the the chemistry between all the characters is quite delightful. The comedic timing's great. The, the, all of the heists are interesting. All the intrigue is very interesting. The twists are very good. Um, I highly recommend it to anyone as well. I think a lot of people could get into this movie. It's really easy, just enjoyable. I watched it with our mum she loves this movie it's one of her favorites she was very excited to watch it even and was like all ready to go um and we were like laughing over certain parts and everything so it was still super fun to watch it with her so i would say it's it's quite a crowd pleaser i would rate it as eight out of ten same thing Mm. it is excellent I really love it. I consider eight out of 10 to be a very high mark and uh, it's well worth it. But again, there are those little details. It's not a perfect film. Of course, my thing that always bugs me is the very, very, very end Mm -hmm. when Robert Redford gives the box, the, the key that can unlock any encryption in the United States, supposedly gives it to the NSA agents. Who's led by, you know, um, the great James Earl Jones. And, It's a bit cheesy at the end because they make a deal really quickly with the NSA agent for all the things they talked about spending the money. Had the NSA agents, the faux ones, been real, they were going to pay everyone $170,000. So everyone, of course, had made plans for that money. And at the end, before handing over the box... They negotiate to all get their things, whether that's a European trip that also includes Tahiti for Sidney Pottier and his wife, or a Winnebago for Dan Aykroyd with a burgundy interior, or River Phoenix wanting the phone number of one of the agents. Like, all of that, it just, to me, doesn't fit the rest. Like, it just, it's so cheesy. And then the very end... Robert Redford tells them, you know, that tells James Earl Jones, the box never worked. And he's like, that doesn't matter. And I'm like, I kind of think it would. I right. kind of think the NSA would be pissed if they brought it back and it didn't work. And in a real world, they probably test it to make totally. sure it was working before they agreed to anything. But anyways, he says it doesn't work. And Liz points out, like, can't they just hook it up? And he says, no. And it turns out he's held on to the, the very chip. tiny chip that's super important and at the end of the film. There's a newscaster saying like on a TV saying like, you know, that all these particular organizations no longer have any money and they don't know where it's gone. But all these other good organizations suddenly have great money coming in from a large anonymous donations. And you're like, nah, that always yeah, always kind of I mean, what a wonderful thought. But I have a feeling the NSA would figure out who did it very quickly and would be pissed. Um, and also that's kill just not them. and would kill them and that's just not clever for them to stay on the down low so i just that ending yeah. is what takes away i don't actually have any issue with the other flaws you said those have never bothered me for me it's the last five minutes not to say there it's a bad ending but considering how good everything else is i wish yeah. it had those last five minutes i wish were stronger i wish and, they and- they weren't as cheesy fun y- yes yeah. like
0: they're it, the ending is just a little too pg is kind of a what little I wrote. too like it's, happy it, yeah you yeah, yeah like it needs to wrap up a little bit more complexity than what it's than what it's implying and even yeah. like i i feel like it was dad it may have been an older sibling but i someone was like as if the nsa would just let them go after all of this totally. and i was like Oh, I guess, and I think that kind of like dampened it so much for me. And it wasn't the first time we watched it, but it was after one of our many rewatching. One of the many like,
1: rewatching, when someone's like, you know, 12 now old that I think about it, this isn't going to
0: happen. Someone said it, and I was like, "Oh, you're right." And I just that to me was like, "Oh, nuts." Yeah. So,
1: so there is. So yeah. for me, that very, very ending is the only thing that kicks it out from being a higher rating. But again. This is a great movie. I hope you guys watched it. I hope you guys had some fun with it. Okay, Pauline. Yes. Really quick, what are yes. some favorite quotes? Because we've been talking a lot this episode. Okay. What so are some ones that you love? One of my favorite quotes is uh
0: Robert Redford has broken into Janik's office to steal the box, and he gets interrupted by Elena rishkov who is having a love relationship with uh Janik, and she's caught off guard. He grabs her puts Mm -hmm. her in the room and then is like, don't scream. I'm going to take off my hand, but like, we need to talk kind of a thing. He then tells her he's a PI Mm -hmm. and has convinced her that he's hired by Mrs. Janik. And she's like, there is not Mrs. Janik. And he's like, who paid for your little love, John, to Mexico city. Anyway, the line that is hilarious is he's getting, he's got an earpiece in from the other guys on the team and he's getting Lines. He's trying to get them to they're help him, him figure improv. out.
1: Yeah. They're the helping an improv out of it. Yeah.
0: And they start a line and they don't finish it. So the line Whistler says to him is, or maybe it's uh, Cindy Paddy's character Crease, but he's like, if you love him. And so yes. then you see Robert Redford and he's like, if you love him, if you really love him, <laughs> then you just. Keep on loving him and never let him know that you know what he thinks you don't know, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's just a really
1: and he's like trying so hard to keep his cool he's like, and to make how... it make sense and he's floundering and it's great it's really it's good so, it's that really whole good scene, scene that whole scene it's where he's so trying to do the dialogue where he's trying to make it make sense and not have her panic and believe him and he has to come up with it on the fly and the guys who in his ear are sometimes helpful and sometimes, and sometimes not, not. <laughs> and it's just i'll get to go with that same scene there's another one where so he's sitting there, and he's basically like, you know, remember to always, you know, you should, you need to be there if you if you really love him, right? And then, and then the guys <laughs> who are in the van, one of them goes and give him head whenever he wants, and and Robert Redford starts to say that, and he's like, and give him he- help, be a be a beacon in his sad. And lonely life. Can you do that for him? But she's like, yes, yes, I yes, can. Yes, yes, I can. she leaves and she's like, all she gives him, now, gives him a kiss. She gives him a kiss because he's convinced her. And only when she's gone does he go, give him head. And the guys who are in the car are in like the little on the radio are killing themselves. And one of them just goes, be a beacon and then they all <laughs> crack up all over again because they clearly enjoyed this way too much and it's it hilarious, again adds to that they clearly joke around they probably shouldn't have at that time but man is that line one of my favorites it's uh, so funny he- help help be a, be a beacon, be a beacon. <laughs> like that whole thing it's very good. It's so clever. Okay. It's such good
0: comedic timing. It's again so good. the
1: comedic time, the expressions are great. Yeah. It's what's so another good. What's another one? For you, okay. Man? So
0: one, so one of the ones I really liked was um, they're figuring out their strategy for how to break into Playtronics mm. the the building. And River Phoenix comes in and he's like, "It is amazing what fifty bucks gets you at the county coroner's office." And he's like, blueprints to Playtronics. And he like opens it up and he spreads it. And Martin's like, "Very good, very good." And he's like county records Where, not corner yeah county records sorry thank you and he's like where'd you get the 50 bucks and without pausing he's like I took it from mother's wallet and he keeps reading the blueprints and Robert Redford's just like good <laughs> and then they just <laughs> continue on their way yeah
1: but, it's a brief bit but again that camaraderie so and that understanding of good you took it from mother okay well, you fine. took it from Dan Aykroyd <laughs>
0: that's great okay good all right we're all good like where'd you get 50
1: bucks yeah exactly hey here you here. go <laughs> Uh, one of my favorites is actually David Strathern's, and it's when um when Robert Redford is first telling them that he's now being blackmailed by NSA agents, and Sydney Potty is upset. He's like, I can't believe like you didn't tell us this and everything else and all of them. And Robert Redford then is trying to guilt them, and he's like, you know, you guys mm. don't have to be in this, but you know, I'm the one who screwed up. So if you guys like, I guess I'll have to go to prison. And he's like, you guys don't have to bail me out, like, and he's saying it in a way that's implying that yeah, yeah, they don't have to, but they'd be kind of jerks for not doing it he really want them he really want them to and i love that david stratham without missing a beat goes well bish i can't speak for the other guys but i'm in it for the money i don't care if you go to jail (laughs) 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 river phoenix without missing a beat goes me either i'm in it's good and again because again they're getting paid hundred and seventy thousand dollars supposedly so that's and all it's they need the
0: camaraderie it's definitely there's definitely that but mm-hmm. it's funny it's very clever clever quick it's very quick wit uh in this movie good mm-hmm. such well-written like uh there's a um, such well-written come on Pauline,
1: <laughs> just like you well just like i, I, I Pauline, speak english, I speak english okay. well-written <laughs> So
0: there's another scene. So they're so in order to break into the office, they gotta get the key card and the voice from oh, yeah. uh Warner Brandis, the guy who works next door. And they're surveilling him. They're figuring out who he is and what he does. And they're like, Okay, so he's got no unpaid parking tickets. He stops at every stop sign completely. He uh always pays his bills on time. He leaves home at this time. He this is when he leaves work, like da 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 da. And as they're establishing it, it's it's Proving to be really good because like he's a routine animal. But it's so funny. They're saying all these things, comes to a complete stop at all stop signs, da-da-da. And Robert Redford's like, Great, the world's most most boring human. <laughs> and it's very accurate to how Werner is. And I yes. think
1: it's really enjoyable. It's so that's one of my enjoyable. favorite lines. I love that one. I actually I really like um one of Liz's lines when Robert Redford first approaches her and he wants her help and he wants her to go to the mathematician's talk and help explain it to him because he knows he's not going to understand it and it's also an excuse to hang out with her and she's sort of telling him no that they're not going to get back together and at one point she says um, I have a new group of gifted children and I like the fact that they're under 30 (laughs) because she's a she's a music teacher (laughs) <laughs> i love it that is a very good line because she is very good at controlling like robert redford you know is of course charming and he's like trying and she takes none of it she takes none yeah. of it she gives him just as much back she's very straightforward and i just love that line i think it's very accurate to how they actually totally. all are
0: it's so true <laughs> all right what's that uh, one more? okay one so more I'm okay so one this. more is they realize they're in trouble werner has figured out kind of what's going on and now he's shown up at playtronics um, because he thinks someone's breaking into their office and we didn't really talk about this a ton but in order to get the black box the motion sensors in cosmo's office martin robert redford is stealing this box but he can only move like two inches per second and Mm. any faster would set off the motion detector and as they're as sydney Potier's character is realizing they're in trouble and that everything's going to kind of come to a head and that they're on to the plan all he says is he's like martin i think you better hurry and martin walking in slow motion is the one thing i can't do is hurry
1: <laughs> and he rolls his eyes and it's his- like he rolls <laughs> his eyes
0: and like sighs like a tisk, like he's like The one thing I can't do. And it's, again, just very funny.
1: It's very clever. One of my favorites. And again, I think it's just the expression and it's because I love Sydney Pottier and it's when they first are. So what they do is they get sort of the equipment to sort of test. So how they can break into Cosmo's office so they can practice <sighs> walking that slow and everything else. And so they're explaining this. It's Mother and it's Sydney Pottier's character, Crease. And they're explaining like, you know, OK, this is how you do like the voice analysis one. This is it. And it's like so these sensors, you know, they're showing him how easily they register heat. And Dan Aykroyd's explained that, well, we have two options. We either wrap you in this like thermal cloth, neoprene suit, suit, which we can't do because you'd suffocate or you have to like or we raise the temperature. And then he says, either way, you have to move. You're going to be moving at two, you know, inches per second, inches per second sort of thing. And Robert Rifford, the whole time that he's listening to talk, he's realizing they keep saying you. And so finally, he's like, wait why do and he's like and i gave you and i got this it's the exact same uh type of box you can practice with it kind of thing remember to go really slow and, and he just looks at dan akron he's like slow huh and then he turns and looks at cindy Pottier, and cindy Potty has this grin on his face he just goes you get all the fun stuff it's true. <laughs> and then he just walks away. And he tisks as if it's a shame. But like, he's clearly nuts. delighted that it's going to be Robert Redford. And even as a viewer, I'm like, of course it should be Robert Redford. He's the one who's gotten them into this mess. I love that they make him be the one who has to walk slowly across the room. Totally. But I just love the expressions on both of their faces. And I just love Sidney Pate staring at him going, you get all the fun stuff.
0: And it is... It- they just are so funny together. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what makes this movie. The, the fact chemistry that it's this, is just so good. It's guys. so good. The ensemble cast is amazing. It's mm-hmm. honestly, mm-hmm. it's it's. I think out of all the movies we've rev- we've talked about on this podcast, it's the best. Like ensemble cast where like the ensemble is so necessary. I'd,
1: I'd say it's definitely so good and it's on par with like the fugitive if you guys like the ensemble aspect of the fugitive you're getting that and more in this one it's very good very very good here great pick pauline so glad we got to watch this one so happy i hope you guys have also watched it or if not check it out even though we spoiled a fair bit there's still a ton to this movie There's a lot of complexity. I think you're still going to enjoy it. Whether you know any of the reveals we've just said, if you have watched it, let us know. You can give us a shout out on uh, our Twitter or on our Instagram, which is at real window. Uh, Also, if you guys do enjoy our podcast we'd love it if you guys could like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to whether it's apple music or anchor or spotify and give us a sweet little review because that helps other people find us uh tell your friends if you know someone who would be interested who's a big movie buff as well or just likes to hear some really fun banter uh and <laughs> tell them to check it out because we're pretty great that way the more people you tell the more times you like and subscribe the more likely we're going to get more listeners and that's just awesome because we want as many people as possible to enjoy so many random movies. Uh, and so you can check us out there. You can also send us an email if you're so inclined. Let us know what you think of any of the movies, what you're enjoying. If you have a request for a movie, a favorite movie you watched growing up, uh, Ooh, we also yeah. have an email mm-hmm. which is real.window at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, guys. This has been Real Window rewatching random movies from our childhood.